And then just like every time the briefest accidental thing happens with Crash Lands 2, like we can't make things stop happening, you know? Yep. So, <laughs> so, so we're, like, I mean, okay, I'm really clearly. hoping once it's actually officially announced and there's a trailer and all this kind of stuff that this trend, once we're actually trying to do it. Hopefully know. that continues. <laughs> Scotch. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 418 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and I'm blown away by how 418 sounds so much bigger than 418. Yeah. Yeah. It does. I'm Sam, and I've been here for apparently 417 hours. Soon to be 418. That's That's crazy. That's a lot. That's a lot of hours. Yeah. Uh, This is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. And today's June 2nd, 20 Jubilee. Before we get started, we do have a warning. There's going to be profanity in this show. And we'd also like to thank our recurring supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. We grabbed their money and uh, it was great. We loved it. Uh, And if you'd like to help support the podcast, you can head on over there and we'll grab your money. Um, All of it. I do have to warn you. If you go, th- if you type that URL into your browser, just gone. We have your. We have all of your. It's money. like a cipher, mm-hmm. you know, where it just like yeah. somehow defies all reason, and you just turn it on, and then it just keeps on going. Yeah, it's kind of, of like how in movies, no, like how they portray hacking and stuff like that. It's like suddenly they've just like drained everyone's bank accounts. Yep. that kind of yep. thing. We've actually figured that shit out a long time ago. Yep. And uh, we're doing it. Yeah, we invented a a skeleton key is what we call it because it gives us access to just literally everything. All the skeletons. We have your bones. We've got them. Uh, They're in the vault. Those phalanges, those are ours. Speaking of, I don't want to get too off on this tangent, but there was an episode of Bones (laughs) that I saw a long time ago I watched uh, where where this like evil genius uh, serial killer, right, has – but basically, if they find the bones of, of his victim and they're like scanning the bones, right? And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. their whole systems get like infected and like just brought down by by a virus, right? It turns out that, that, that he had etched into the bones some commands that would cause the, the, <laughs> the, the scanner to like process them as executable code Whoa. and like take down their whole so – I remember watching that and being like, this – like I've suspended my disbelief for the show already, but this I mean, that's really very, took, it's a cool this, idea. It kicked it up a notch, though. <laughs> like I have this to, is like, why everybody says when you're programming a bone scanner, you got to sanitize the inputs. Got to yeah, sanitize like, the inputs. Otherwise, somebody's gonna etch a semicolon onto a bone, mm-hmm. and as soon as you scan it, it gets inserted into your into your program, and it's over. Yeah, you know, it's com- It's a common problem. Common we've, all, we've all been there. Yep. Bone uh, injection, we got, I think, is the name. We got of some <laughs> stuff to actually talk about, which yeah. is uh, Crashlands Two. We're we are officially announcing it, unveiling <laughs> it. Uh, uh, well, not today when we're recording this, but today when the episode airs, yeah. which is June seventh, right? Yeah, and yeah, and long time listeners might be thinking, you've been talking about Crashlands Two for like two years or three years. We're talking even. about it. Yes. Uh, so what do you mean well, you're announcing it? Yeah. What yeah. we mean is that there's actual visible evidence that it exists. Uh, <laughs> in particular, there's a Steam store page, which, you know, if you've gotten any, just a, an ounce, a chocolate chip's weight worth of goodness out of this podcast at any point in time, uh, go wishlist Crashlands 2 on Steam right now. Because the, the best thing you can do for us is to give yep, that. That's the biggest uh, support you can give us because it starts getting those algorithms out hot. And you'll see yeah, the trailer. Even if even if you don't plan on buying it, just wish, just do it. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. You'll you'll buy it, but you know totally. it's totally. it's good. So yeah, we're uh, really excited. Now is is one you can actually see the thing in action. So there's a whole trailer uh, with the usual goofy voice stuff going on and. Uh, kind of you know snappy edits and all that and then on top of that the game's coming to announced for steam as well as exclusively for mobile with netflix which we're very excited about also so mm-hmm. we got our kind of initial launch platforms which kind of comically is the same as you know back in the day with the original one we went steam and, and uh, mobile oriented you know um for launch and that'll be kind of the same deal for crashlands 2 and sometime in 2024 can't say when for a variety of reasons uh yeah mostly know. we don't know that's yeah. the main one, but also, even if we did, 
there's it's just like with all these things, there's always a million ducks that gotta get in a row, you know, to make you gotta line up your ducks. Happen, so yeah. yeah. So this has been a long time coming, being able to actually shoot the game off. And you know, we talk a lot on the podcast about basically this challenge of not just doing the dev, but then selling the game at the end of the day. Uh, you know, teeing things up for announcement and all that. And so we were really excited to get into the mix for Crashlands 2's official announcement. So the mix uh, and the Gorilla Collective is this big, essentially, game announcement event that happens in the summer every year um, around Summer Game Fest. And now I think there's like 12 different kind of festival things happening back to back to back to back, uh, starting basically this, like today in June, um, where it's replacing E3 more or less, which for those who aren't familiar was the Electronics Expo, which existed for like a long time and then just slowly died. <laughs> uh, all the big companies pulled out of it, etc. And so now everyone kind of does their own thing and it sprung up this almost like a, it's almost like if you went to not a convention, but like like a farmer's market sort of a vibe, you know what I mean? Where there's just like, there's just a lot of different people show, different vendors showing up with different goodies. Uh, and there's just a lot of games announcing this week. So we were lucky enough to get into the mix. And that means we get, uh, we'll be on, you'll see it on Steam there, I think on, I think today, if you go there, you should see the Gorilla Collective and the mix presents. And there's a live stream where uh, the trailer's included and all that stuff. So definitely check it out. Give it a wish list on Steam. Um, and you know, let us know what you think. Pop in the Discord, say hey, because it's been a, f- it's been a minute since we started working on this thing, and I can't mm-hmm. even. Well, the funny thing about this too is that uh, so 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 much of our early development was experiments, research, tools development. You know, I would say in the first in the first year and a half yeah. that we were working on Crashlands Two, a year of that was not actually like working on game systems or content, but on discovery, developing visual stuff, just, just tons and tons of R and D. And, uh, we've now hit kind of a point where things are, are, our capacity to deliver stuff into the game is so absurd. Mm -hmm. Like it's so absurdly high that as we recorded the trailer, uh, that was about six weeks ago. About six weeks ago. Since then. Since, since then, we've, we've been added farming, fishing, pet and systems. pets. Yep. Yeah. As well as uh, a ton of additional quests and content inside, not just the yeah. basic like systems. 40 more quests, uh, <laughs> like several dozen more items, uh, several new areas. I mean, it's just like the, we're, we're actually like capitalizing on it, like capitalizing on all this work that we did early now. And it's, it's really ramping up, but it's kind of hilarious now because it's kind of like, we knew this event was coming and we had to record the trailer. <laughs> and then by the time the event hits, there's like a, a billion new things that are in the game that we didn't get to capture. Yep. So, which is great because that means we can also do another trailer later. Yeah. With we'll even plenty, more stuff. This, this one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, because yeah, now we have a long, like we said, we're going to, the release is going to be in 2024 sometime, right? So, uh, and I think it's, it is fair to say later than earlier in 2024. Yes. Um, and so we have a year still, right-ish, mm-hmm. before we actually launch this thing. So we need to be able to still, like, trickle out stuff. stuff, right? Yeah. So that oh, yeah, We're going to be able to do that. Yeah. Yes. So you know, we had this discussion where we were like, oh, do we update the trailer, like, to show that, like, we've got fishing and all this stuff, right? Um, and, and the new fishing stuff is just really fun. Uh, all the new stuff is just ridiculous. Yeah, all, I mean, yeah, all of it is. Like, we, we've taken what we did with the original Crashlands with all of our games of just, like, it's it's about, like, glee, right? So that any given moment is supposed to just be over the top, just really just deeply fun, you know? And so, like, Sam's got these just great animations for fishing where Flux is just, like, fucking going crazy you know and like the bot there's a bobber that's just like moving around so like Seth programmed it to just like try to escape you know and it's like it's just this very (laughs) and the music that comes over the top which I haven't even heard the final version of actually I just like saw little clips as they were working on it Uh, but still even though it was just like the whole experience is just so good and so we're like we have this thing we're like do we need this in the trailer too you know and and the answer is basically like oh look this will just give us more stuff to put out trickle out over time um, over the next year basically yeah yeah I mean it's I think even the creature variants aren't in the uh, current trailer like that's that happened true. the week yeah. after 
So it's one of those yeah. things where it's like you, because you have to create marketing <laughs> materials and then you essentially go through various processes that are, you know, sometimes months, two months long before they uh, come out and changing stuff while that's all happening. You're working with other parties, right? So changing all this stuff while it's happening is not usually good or an option. <laughs> so yeah, especially when it needs to stay secret and there's like a deadline exactly. and all this stuff. Exactly. And like yeah. and people need to check things. And yeah, there's just, yeah, there's so many moving parts when it comes to those materials that, mm-hmm. yeah, you just. Well, yeah, I mean, so it was like, we're, we're definitely you know, at least a year out from mm-hmm. launch. So the, the trailer, I'll, I'm, I'm very pumped about it. I think it's, it showcases a lot of like the vibe and the, the fun and goofiness of the game and stuff. Yeah. And, um, and just it how is, it is alpha based. It's alpha trailer. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, vi- visually and sort of like stylistically and like, like the core gameplay that you're going to see in there, like that's all, that's all pretty locked in, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been super fun to, to work on the game now, especially these past few weeks and kind of like seeing, cause also like the trailer gave us like an interesting snapshot in time yeah. of like exactly what we had, you know? Uh, so yeah, it's, and I have to say too, is we did to play through this week, um, where, cause like we, the game is honestly, it's huge at this point yeah. <laughs> already. Um, and so doing a playthrough is, is pretty tough because it just takes so much time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so as the game gets further and further along, we are less and less able to do a like quote full playthrough. Instead, we have to kind of like do sections or, or that kind of a thing. Um, but from playing it this week, you know, the feeling I got was like, this actually to me feels like, it feels like we're coming way, way, way closer to delivering on what we wanted to do in the first game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, where there were so many concessions we had to make in that first game because we just didn't have the skill or the experience or the the time or the tools or you know whatever, um, and now it feels like we're really getting to just do, just do all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And there's, of course, there's like, there's still tons of stuff that we really tried to figure out, but there's just like in some cases, it's kind of limitations of you know the fact like it's in 2d and, and stuff like that that kind of like throw some wrenches and things like we really wanted to do um multi-level top topography right and so like mm, yeah, yeah. Cl- cliffs and stuff like that but as we go through and look at all these different isometric games and how they handle that stuff and it's like oh yeah like cliffs <laughs> cliffs and like elevated terrain in 2d games only go up like away from the camera they never go down because then you could end up behind it and then you can't see shit and then yeah. you know the whole thing's ruined so that's part of that you whole know, you know year and a half of tech development was figuring out yeah we spent a week for this stuff just like just like digging into every possible scenario of who has done isometric you know like just mm-hmm. tr- trying to solve those kinds of problems and so you know uh ultimately you you gotta just go okay well like this is this is what we've got. Um, let's you know just Build make it on. the best. Yeah, it's just like you. That's a constraint. It's fine. Every system you make is going to have constraints, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's honestly it's it's feeling great. I'm very proud of it. Uh, I think it's I think people are going to really be be stoked. Jazzed. Yeah, to I'm see really it. excited to see. And it was comical actually that the game did now that the announcement is fully out. I could say it. Uh, the trailer did leak a few weeks ago. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> it leaked in China. For places. Uh, well, it leaked here, but then only like, it only mattered that a few, like a hundred people or something like that, like yeah. a smaller people. Yeah. It's basically to talk was, about how this happened because yeah. it's kind yeah, of actually, hilarious. Yeah, actually, it's probably a good note for other, uh, other devs. Okay. So here's the deal. Okay. You might yeah. have an unlisted link to a YouTube trailer of yours, right? Which yeah. You so you can send around. it to, to press or, you know, yeah. whatever. Or, you know, apply for things like the mix, like a, applying for things um, with a game that hasn't been announced yet. And the thing is, it's very uh, annoying to make those things private and have to share them like with email addresses or uh, with passwords or whatever else, right? Because they're hard to, it's basically hard to do that in a way that makes it so that people who you're sending it to can just access it and it's not like a big deal. So the issue is that an unlisted YouTube video, while it is not findable in your studio page, say, or uh, searchable, if it is in a playlist, and this this is the big one, if it's in a playlist, people can still see it, which is a little surprising. Um, definitely was to us, and that was sort of the wrinkle. So, when you say they can see it, it means like if they're looking at the playlist page on YouTube, or if they're looking at any other video in the playlist. Correct. They'll see it YouTube, in the side. Yeah. It'll show them the unlisted videos in that playlist in the sidebar, and they can just go right And it'll go straight it. to it, too. It doesn't even, it's yeah. not removed from the, the queue. So basically what happened as we were prepping for all this stuff, part of the whole shtick is like, okay, let's move this into our game trailers playlist on our studio page. Uh, did that on like a Thursday. Yeah. Saturday. Because again, on YouTube, 
it specifically says when you mark a video as unlisted, it says only people with the link can see this. Yes. That is not true. <laughs> as yes. soon as it's in a playlist, everybody on earth can see it. Yeah. Well, I guess but there's because because they got to get there and gives way, them the link. Exactly. Right. Yeah, so which is tech- it's so still it's technically, technically true. true. Technically yeah. true. So it's kind of a thing. So uh, so yeah, big good pro tip for other indie devs out there. But uh, I was very excited to see the response because um, it leaked on uh, Baidu and uh, yeah. Billy. Billy, Billy, Billy. Yeah, like, basically um, somebody down it just like instantly uploaded it to these to these big. Yeah, it was like 150 sites. people, I think, stumbled across this yes. this playlist version, and like one of them just happened to be somebody in China, yeah, <laughs> who, and, who who realized what they were looking at, yeah, and just so, ripped it. <laughs> Monday morning, I woke up uh, with and saw a note in the Discord where someone was like, "Oh, congrats on the Beastcatch team going viral in, in China," and I was like, "The fuck!" And then they posted the link a little later, and I followed it and had. 250,000 views just over the weekend. Or three, three days. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's well, fuck. That's, <laughs> that's uncontainable. Uh, about died. But conveniently, you know, it is very, it is a separate whole sort of ecosystem over there. And it somehow has not leaked, it didn't leak back across, yeah. which was shocking and wonderful in so many ways. So at least I guess we have a, we actually have a couple of days before the announcement. So um, well, we should also say it was that because that person <laughs> came into our discord to like, to say they had yeah. seen it on the site and they've been, they you know, posted a link to it. And, uh, and a couple of <laughs> oh, yeah. our mods had actually play tested crash yeah. lands of a while like back in January or something. I don't know. It was, so they knew this was legit. Yeah, so they knew it was legit, but they also it was pretty obvious like that wasn't intended to be available. Yeah. So, so Tim, one of our mods, uh, <laughs> just pulled off an expert scam where he was like, I don't know, kind of just kind of seems like it was maybe AI generated, you know? Because <laughs> we're living in that future right now, where like that's what's real. real, nothing's real, yeah, nothing's real anymore. And and then they kind of and then the mod team quietly kind of like took those links down and and made <laughs> it a great so like, job. Yeah, even in our Discord, like that discussion lasted for like 10 comments and then was just poof, just gone. And I was yep. very mm-hmm. surprised and impressed Mad props that, like, to the mod team. Yeah, that we yeah. <laughs> we managed to just like skate by that leak and yeah, no excellent yeah. excellent smoke screen support on that. that but we was, were laughing too because like when we were working on Levelhead, we we it was so hard to get people to talk about that game. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And I still stand by, like, I think Levelhead is one of the best things I personally have ever made. It's good. I still believe it's one of the best games out there. It's just really it's good. It's got, like, 97% positive on Steam still. Uh, like, it's it's just – and actually, like, every – I have a Google alert set up, and, and every few months I get an alert where some site is, like, Top ten best Android games of, of this year. Yeah, when like, Levelhead is like Lethic. in those. It just <laughs> yeah, yeah Levelhead is just in those lists all the time. And so it's like, it's just a it's a great game that is for not very many people. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so, so it was just so hard to get people to talk about it. You know, and even when we wanted them to. And now we have Crash Arts Two stuff, and it's like we we were purposely trying to not let people know about this trailer yeah. stuff. And they fucking got in there anyway and <laughs> yes. found it. They started spreading it. We're like, stop talking about this. But also, yeah. that <laughs> when we first started working on Crashlands 2, um, and we're, we were, because like, because a lot of how we do Q, QA and like, make our builds and get the deployed and stuff is all automated. And it goes through the oh, platforms yeah. that we're going to operate on, right? Because like, we want to make sure not, ju- not just that we're testing on Android, but that we're testing on Google Play, you know, not just yeah. we're testing on Windows, but we're testing on Steam and so on, right? So, so, the moment we're like, okay, we're building Crashlands 2, uh, then uh, Sure, who does all of our platform, our platform specialist stuff, right, goes and makes all of our store pages for the game, right? Um, and just so uh, we can lock in the name. Yeah, so we can lock like in that. the name and we can start, and then we can start also then delivering internal builds through do those things, mm-hmm. right? Um, and uh, and mobile is always weird because they just kind of play by different rules over there, right? And I can't remember the exact details of what happened on Google Play, but there was something where he, like, it was, the page ended up being, he set the price to $99, like, just as an extra check to make sure nobody tried to buy it, right? Um, But then somehow- It was just, like, old screenshots from the original crash. Yeah, it was was all place. Just placeholder, yeah. There's nothing there, so he's basically just reserving the name. And there was like a brief period in time where he didn't realize it was actually publicly visible. Um, but it was again one of those but things. In a, 
in a beta form. So like people had to like, really yeah, people had to, it was the same kind of deal as like the Crashlands yeah. playlist leak. Like somebody had to be like doing something else. Crashlands rate where they didn't kind of come across it. And it was the same deal there. It was like, it was maybe a week that that was up, something like that. Mm-hmm. And in that time, like somebody found it and there were like three or four articles about mm-hmm. like, oh, so crash this too. People bought it. And some people bought it just to see what was there <laughs> because they were like, we could just get refunded anyway, you know, if we need to. Jeez. And yeah, so we're like, look, we're looking at like, with, and this was, you know, post level head where, where like we still feel, again, feel great about the game. Um, the the player community that we do have for Levelhead is amazing oh, yeah. and ludicrous. Uh, but we were still, you know, kind of bummed after Levelhead that we just couldn't get people to talk about it. Right? That traction. We just know? couldn't get that traction that that we thought the game deserved. And then just like every time the briefest accidental thing happens with Crashlands too, like we can't make things stop happening. You know, yep. so, <laughs> so, so we're, like, I mean, okay, I'm really clearly. hoping once it's actually officially announced and there's a trailer, all this kind of stuff, that this trend once we're actually trying to do it. You Hopefully know, that continues. Continues, because <laughs> um, it'll be even weirder and more of like frustrating if it turns out like we make this announcement, we do all this cool stuff, and then everyone's like, "There's just crickets." After, everyone's like, "Who gives a shit?" After yeah. all of that, <laughs> well, that is the nice thing actually about it. it's sort of the the follow on to that China leak is basically the fact that like seeing it pop off like that after three years of sort of just quietly working on it and trying, who you know, who you hope it's going to do well, but you got no, you know necessarily have any very strong uh metrics you can point to yeah, you, you just have to trust your own taste basically yeah you gotta be like yeah the first one did well and we're pretty sure people want this and you know we saw this thing with the android authority covering the, the accidental visibility of the game on google play for a second and probably all that's good but you don't I, I, you don't know what the demand's going to be and then yeah seeing it kind of just explode on that site was relieving after i almost had a heart attack yeah after the panic <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the ups and downs. Yeah, what I'm what I'm very excited for too is like seeing how much the game has changed just in the six weeks, you know, since we recorded the trailer. Yeah. Um, but still all that time was like development of game systems that will allow us to get into what we're calling our content push phase. Yeah. Um we are, I think we're like legit on the cusp of that. Yeah, I think we're probably six weeks out or so, maybe, because we have we essentially have boss fights and kind of dungeony stuff left. Yeah, we've just got like a couple of out. a couple of game systems that are more like um, amalgamations of what's yes. already there, right? Because like a boss fight is like you need every other thing in place, like you need buffs and and like movement and and combat and you know like abilities and. Play like we need the ability to manipulate the world and have quests that lead you there, right? So it's like boss a boss fight. Once you can do that, then that's like the end point of your game systems, and it's then it's just content, right? And so, so I, I will say too, we've had some hilarious moments, especially this past week after a playthrough, where uh, we've been we came up with like a huge list of things that we wanted to do to like really make the, like improve, especially the early game experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but one of them was. Uh, Yesterday, we were talking at, at like, we was like, what, 20 minutes until the end of the workday. Mm-hmm. And we were like, well, we've got the, we've got this buff debuff system. We got all the, we got these ability systems, blah, blah, blah. Um, but we're, we're still missing stuns, like yeah. the ability to interrupt an enemy and, you know, render them unable to do something for a moment, which is like, that was the first thing we gave you in the original Crashlands was the space wrench that stuns a, a creature, mm-hmm. which was great because, you know, it, it basically allows you to create these moments of opportunity where you can really like get in there and do some good damage and stuff like that. Right. So it's very useful. Um, and it was 4.40 PM and Sam and I were like, well, we want to get these stuns in. Let's take a look and see what we've got. Right. And we already have all these game systems now developed. Running, yep. Yeah. And I was like, I think if I just add a, a checkbox to our buffs, this just says stun then I can like just add a few lines of code in our buff system to read that state mm-hmm. and then we're good to go. So literally 11 minutes later, we had stuns in the game <laughs> and uh, and then we were kind of sitting back like, does this mean that – because we've had the buff system in for months and months and months, right? So like does this mean that for like four or five months, we've been 11 minutes away from having stuns in the game? <laughs> Probably. And that's, and that's, I think so. You know? That's where you want to be, though. You know what I mean? That it's like everything you implement was always just 20 minutes away. I mean, fuck. That's, that's you just had to decide when it was time to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, don't think, and I think this also is a, is a good way to kind of set up how to think about what it means to make a game of this mm-hmm. scale, right? Because 
here we are now saying we're like something, we're about a year away from launch, right? And we have all these really robust systems. Like Seth said, we can add this. We're adding these like new final, like the big final features we're adding in less than a week each, right? And there's like a couple left. And adding the little stuff is taking 10 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. So now you just wrap- well, 11, let's not-, 11 let's not So now just wrap your brain around the fact that we still need a year, right? To yeah. now that all the systems are in place- to build out the full suite of all the actual gameplay content and the actual full experience that a player has. Yeah, it right? does take more than 10 minutes to, you know, like make art for a boss and animate it. Yeah. Or, or tell a good story or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. There's yeah. that. So, but, but we're beginning to move away from that phase of where like getting stuff into the game is just becoming like increasingly trivial, Easy. right? Yeah. The systems, which are, is all the, the main systems are all there, which means that also allows us to focus on like the weirder stuff, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that we're going to end up doing because it all depends on the systems and what the, what we decide for the overarching game experience. But like a lot of what makes games fun is when like something deviates from expectations yep. and especially if it's just like once, right? Yep. That's the kind of stuff that we actually now can then start to do because everything else is fine. It's all taken care of, right? Like by default, if you need content, you can push it in there. You can make it work. But if we want to do one-off weird stuff, we've actually freed up Seth's time as the main program of the project to then go start doing some weird stuff that we otherwise wouldn't have had room for. Yep. Um, again, I don't know how much or that will do, but... Yeah, or my time just goes into, you know, continuing to make the tools better and faster and, you know... Yeah, um, which is a lot, a lot of it will be. Yeah, it's just yeah making it all better. And, and like, we've also had just, just these fun moments just like this week after the playthrough where, where for example, like we've got these little like thistles that are in the game. Mm-hmm. And as part of our conversation with the playthrough is we're like, you know, we just, we want there to be more uh, interesting and dynamic uh, ways for the player to engage in combat and stuff early, you know, as opposed to like having to wait a while to get like some cool a handful of different tools, basically for yeah, combat, tools yeah. or gadgets or whatever. Um, so, you know, just like open up more interesting gameplay choices for, for a newer player. And so we're just kind of talking through what we already had. And one of the things we had is like, there's these thistle plants that when you, if you chop them with your machete and they have thistles growing out of them, then you can get the thistles off of them. And up until now, those thistles were just a crafting component. So you, you could use them in all these different recipes to make typically weapons and stuff like that. Cause they're pointy. Right. Um, and so we were just kind of like looking through what we had early game and those thistles kind of stood out as something that, you know, are an easy candidate. Yeah. yeah, it's like, what if you could just throw those? What if you could just throw those thistles? Chocolate stuff enemies? is so fun, you know? Yeah, as sort of like an early um, projectile, consumable Distance projectile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that also gives you a choice of like, do I do I chuck this thing at enemies or do I stockpile them and use them to craft them into like bigger, more robust weapons, you know? Um, but that that transition of, of like a t- creating a, a projectile out of these things and making them wieldable items and, um, you know, getting rid of the old just like basic component version of the thistles. Like that whole process uh, didn't require any code because Sam just no, did it through minutes. the game changer. Took 25 minutes. So that we've got a new projector, right? So it's like that's the kind of phase we're getting into now where over the next year, maybe a little bit more than a year, um, you know, it's like every 20 minutes, there's like some new thing in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. like, this is going to be real big. <laughs> big. And I, you know, the thing is we, we talked a lot about what the goals were with this project. We've talked a lot about it on the podcast and how the intent was to make something where we were able to make authored content at scale, right? Not mm-hmm. just algorithmic stuff, you know, like the original where stuff kind of, you kind of ran out of interesting changes basically, you know, after the first five to seven hours so in most things most games that's sort of like about the point where even a pretty robust game design kind of starts breaking down after it's usually like seven to ten hours it's hard it's very hard to sustain interest beyond that point which is why when you see a game like Elden Ring or or Zelda's uh, Tears of the Kingdom and stuff where they essentially are enabling a whole other kind of play that lasts for a lot longer by either providing just a tremendous variety of constantly interesting things in the case of like Elden Ring or uh, some room for player creativity in the case of something like Zelda, right? Where you could start strapping rockets to shit and yeah, just kind of goofing around. So we're trying to find a, a kind of midpoint between those where it's like the creativity is expressed through, you know, finding the thing, basically going out in the world, finding the stuff that you like, uh, building your up your little kit of all these weird tools and like just the fun weapon that you like the most. 
um, that has its own kind of weird behaviors. And so a lot of it is so much of the work so far has just been getting the systems online and enough content to make sure that it works. That what I'm really excited about is basically as we enter this next phase, in many ways, actually returning to some of that content and making it like just more interesting, right? This whole, yeah, this, now we have some stunts. Now you could actually pick up this thistle that we've had in the game since the beginning of time. And like, that was one of the first things, right? And now you could chuck it at stuff. And it's like just going back and refining the stuff that exists because it's not like we need, what you'll see in the trailer is just the first zone. Not even all of it, but just, you know, just some of it. Stuff yeah. from the first zone. Um, and the plan is to have another two, you know? And um, there's going to be- Nintendo just, style, everything comes in threes, you know? It's got to come in threes. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's, four is too many and two is not nearly enough. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's going to be just a lot, but the, the goal is not just for it to be a lot of the same thing, if that makes sense. That was the whole point. And the trouble with making a billion unique things that are all interesting in their own ways is basically management of that content at scale, right? And how do, how do you manage the uniqueness of a thousand different things? How do you make them all interesting actually? And then well, not and die because of the complexity associated with that. Right? Yeah. Well, actually, I think the way the way that you do it is via authored stuff because, like, when we're talking about the concept of a zone. So, like in the first game, a zone was an algorithmically generated place that had specific terrain, specific kinds of creatures, and specific predefined spawn patterns for like you know log trees spawn up until this point, and you know tar pits spawn at this distance from the center. So it's yeah. you know, it's radially symmetrical, right? Like it's the yeah. as you move out from the middle. Yeah, if you go in any given direction, like you're, it's not going to look exactly the same. But like the way that the behavior works is just as you get distance from the center, the algorithm for how we generate terrain and then what creatures appear, resources, and so on, changes purely as a function of distance, right? So you could go any direction, and it doesn't matter from the center because it ends up being samey, right? Yeah, the, the basically, right. yeah, and I think that yeah, you can think of it as like which direction you go doesn't change the overarching gameplay experience. It'll change some of the details, right? But not the overarching thing versus like a constructed game where if you go north, you know, like you run into the barren wasteland of the settlement of the the <laughs> sheep people or whatever, right? And like if you go south, like some other thing happens, you know, like it's mm -hmm. where all of it's actually completely different experiences. Yeah. So like in a weird way, you, you, you know, we've we've got what we're what we're sort of internally considering to be the first quote zone. But there's already a whole bunch of really different and interesting um, like types of creatures and terrains and regions that have a different ecology Field. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really – it's more like the first act. Yeah. Right. Of the life, zones are less straight, right? Um, than like – Exactly. Yeah. Because they're constructed, right? So yeah. you know, we could just suddenly be like, oh, yeah, so like, there's a rocky area over here with like different kinds of creatures. Um you know, and it's it's still part of this quote like first zone, but it looks and feels totally yeah. different. <laughs> are the uh, yeah? So. Do do we already know if the zones are going to be the same kind of like basically loading screen change like from original Crashlands, or is there going to so be far the we've been able to keep it all in one world where you the don't have to contiguous yep. right? So, yeah. so then zone um, is a lot looser of a concept because within it's, a zone, yeah, it's more just there's a lot like more a variation already, and then as we move into a new zone, you'll walk. There, You'll probably. just walk there and yeah. will you see any of the same stuff or is it like, is it going to be? Oh yeah. There'll be some of yeah, the same I stuff. It's yeah. the things like we, so th this is some of those like the um, scaling questions, which is okay. Once, yeah. once you make the first zone, then you have the second zone. The fact that you can walk to it means, means something different than it did in the original. Where we yeah. sort of It sounds like the concept of zone is more of about a production thing as in yeah. like how do we decide when some set of things are complete enough that we can move on to another chunk of things right yeah and it's also about storytelling because for example um you may want to make it so that there's like a particular bottleneck moment of like a big boss fight or something right. that enables the player to traverse to the next area and you know we can do that with our um our quest mm -hmm. system where for example like we can have a quest that like once it's completed like a land bridge appears between the two zones and now you right. can yep. traverse right so um, especially so for an open world game where you want to provide tons of ways that players can do stuff and it's really hard to like deliver a particular linear experience or gate it in certain ways because yeah. you want to allow for a lot of stuff and so you're basically saying we're gonna have some very strict choke points like the between yeah. zone choke it points, is right it will where be no matter shit. You know. Right, where there'll be something that keeps you from just like going right through that thing um, yeah. so that we can have more control over what it means to move from yeah. this zone to that zone, basically. Yeah. yeah.
Yeah. And that's that's always that's always been the the huge challenge with making with the first game and with Crash Ins 2 is trying to bridge the gap between an open world game and a narrative based game, yes. right? Because narrative is even branching narrative is linear because the player still has to move through this their specific path sequentially, right? Mm-hmm. Uh you you can't like do the middle of a story then the beginning and then jump to the end and then go back to the beginning again. Like that's not how stories work. <laughs> um Unless you're Quentin Tarantino, but it makes for a very strange game, right? Yeah. If you <laughs> if you if you can like do quests in any order with no prerequisite, nothing the characters say will make any sense, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so you've got to find ways to have lots of ways for the player to explore and go to places that um, that you haven't decided when they're going to go there necessarily, but you've yeah. just opened up their access to be able to go there at some point. And then whenever they go there from that point forward is gravy. Like you just, you just got to plan for that and try to uh, make sure the stories um, don't make things too linear and make sure that the open world thing doesn't make things so open that the stories become confusing, cool. right? It's yeah. a... Yeah, it's and, and that's where like so much of our tooling and, and design has gone into trying to manage the counterbalance between those two uh, yeah. concepts. So I imagine that's yeah, a lot so of far. like Mythos idea of going into this first phase of developing all the main systems and getting the content push. I imagine Seth at your time, certainly for the next like half year, once that core stuff is done, is gonna be like just shoring up and sh- and adding additional tools and all this kind of stuff to these systems to be able to start managing just the scale yeah, it's, problem. Yeah, right? we need to scale them up. Yeah, we need to be able to see more things, uh, parse information about player flow, like yeah. more developers. It's going to be all like UI, just, UX work, really, right? It's just like... Pretty much, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's it's a huge challenge, but uh, man, this this thing's it's really coming together. Mm-hmm. So I'm very proud of it. Uh, so yeah, again, go to go to Steam, wishlist it. You can't do anything about mobile. There's no wishlisting, you know. Uh, but you know, just uh, send thoughts and prayers uh, <laughs> about about that, yeah. and we'll 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 hear them. Yeah, tweet That's tweet at Netflix thing. and tell them how much how pumped you are that that Crash yeah, Two is coming. Yeah, and also I would say like big big thanks to them. They've been uh, great to work with. Yeah. Uh, so awesome. with all this stuff. Yeah. So so far, is it fair to say our easiest business partner? Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, to say. yeah. they've been yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Well, you guys want to get into some questions? Yeah, let's go. All right. Uh, these questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. So if you'd like to get your question onto a future episode, you can uh, just go there, ask it, and also vote for other people's questions. You know, be nice. Vote mm-hmm. for other people. Yeah, spread the love around. Highest upvoted question comes from Beaky Baba Boop who says, if you were to commission someone to make a game, what would you ask for? Mm. This was inspired by a, a tweet, I believe, where uh, this developer was like saying, hey, I'm going to make you a game. Tell me what game you want. And then people would like tweet and then, you know, slap together like a little little game. Or oh, whatever. They like did like a uh, tiny, tiny jam sort of stuff. Yeah. Mm. So if you if you just had like a, a game where you were like, you know, this would be kind of goofy or fun to play, but I certainly couldn't be bothered to make it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what would you make? I think we play. So we played internally um, every so often. We every quarter usually we do our management pizza parties, which are I mean, they're, it's a joke about corporate policy, but also it is actually fun for us where we order a bit of pizza, we buy a game and then everybody plays together. Right. We played this heist game. Uh, shit, I can't oh, remember. yeah. What was that called? I can't like even remember. I like literally blocky, don't remember. <laughs> it's like yeah. a blocky, uh, I think we. I, holy shit. Why can't we remember the name? I, I, I think we <laughs> talked about it. Um, this is the thing. It's like art style-wise and name-wise, apparently not particularly thematically memorable. But the game itself was so fun. Like, so uh, fun. I'm pulling up Steam to see if I, yeah, can, check uh, if I can remember or if I can um, find it. We played as our with our whole studio, so it was like seven or eight people. Um, it's literally perfect heist two. That was yeah, the, perfect yeah. heist. That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. But perfect heist two. two oh, is, nice. I guess the sequel. Perfect yeah. heist again. Um, the squeakquel. Yeah. So, uh, a like those kind of heisty games are so fun that I would love to see one like another one like that. But I think that has a stronger thematic or. Um, yeah, like a, a particular angle on the setting rather than just like cops, cops and robbers sort of thing. But like a almost like a, you know, like if you could raid a magic vault, like a Harry Potter vault, you know what I mean? Like that sort of level of like, let's inject fantasy into this and have it be, because that way you could just kind of do, you know, whatever the All fuck. Right, you I, want. That probably, I think so that yeah, so fun. I think my I answer to this is like, I feel like any concept you come up with, like someone's already made that game. I don't think so, because I've got one. Okay, what's got? yours? I've got one that... That is is probably a 
good. It's probably one of the worst games you could ever play or make, but it would be fucking hilarious for like eight minutes. Five v five multiplayer game where you play as uh, a Voltron style robot, where each person pilots mm. one of the limbs. You're, t- you're talking about Quop. <laughs> it's basically five v five Quop, but where yeah, each person controls because that's like that's how it works in Power Rangers and shit. Like each yep. person controls a limb, Even which is insane. In Pacific Yeagers, Rim, yeah. you could do Pacific Rim spinoff with that shit. That'd yeah, Pacific Rim, like yeah, it, one person controls the left arm and leg. And yeah, honestly, even contro- two people would be fucking wild with that sort because of thing. like. Yeah. And like, so this game would be, it would be like 4v4 maybe. So it's like, you know, two arms, two legs, mm-hmm. you know, per robot. Mm-hmm. And then there would have to be a lot of spectators allowed, right? Because like, I would want to watch that shit because that yeah. would be you get a good hilarious nonsense, basically. Right? And I think, I think trying to see like, if you actually did get a group of people who really did figure it out, it would be kind of amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you yeah. totally would get a people, a group of people like that. But you could see, like, yeah. you could see that having a really weird underground competitive. <laughs> scene oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. But I, I feel like awesome. it, you know, because like it, in in shows like Power Rangers and that kind of shit, it always skips past the part where the first time they form up the robot, all they do is like flop around on the ground like a fish because yep. like how the fuck do you coordinate each person controlling a yep. limb? This makes no sense. Yeah, they really That's conveniently true. don't even right? like. Because even even they with like, talk the, about it, even with like the Jaegers and the Jaeger stuff, like when Pacific Rim, they do make a big deal about because it's called yeah. drifting, right? Where it's yeah, like, you have to like mentally like mind meld. Yeah, but they but they're very careful not to actually really indicate what the separation of duties is, right? At least like as I can recall, well, because yeah, both people just do the same thing. Yeah, like, I don't know what you just need like know. twice the brain power, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a computational power problem that they're solving, not like yeah. a not a coordination problem, right? right. So they're not doing, but but yeah, but like. But with uh, Power Rangers, I'm pretty sure it's like each person is just controlling a body part, a limb, yeah, right? Yeah. But they Which again, would like, be insane. yeah, because like, <laughs> the only thing they really did is they just like they would tell somebody to like activate like the super punch or whatever. But that was that was the only like explicit indication you had that they were. Mm-hmm. Besides that, they just wore those body parts, right? Um, so yeah, they really should have been. They should have had that moment, like in the in the Power Rangers reboot, which I did enjoy. It was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. They really should have had that moment where they all Megazord together and then just, and fucking, just fucking fall over. <laughs> and can't do yeah. I feel like, like the closest. There's no scenario. You know what I mean? The hmm. ships, like running the ships in Sea of Thieves. I've seen some of those ship fights, and it is hilarious and pure chaos because it's like people people stake out their duties you know and then like and then she hits the fan and now something's on fire and someone is on fire yeah. and there's like that's like the closest i've seen to that sort of feel and it is there's also absolutely hilarious there's a there's a submarine game um just like sort of it's a multiplayer survival thing i can't remember what it's oh called. yeah there's a well there's uh is a th- uh thought it's touched. So yeah, thaumaturgy. Is it thaumaturgy? That's like, oh no, yeah. it's like barotrauma. 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 Yes, there you go. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. yeah, barometric like pressure and training. So yes. so barotrauma, um, which I I can't say I really enjoy because it's just so fucking brutal. Um, but it does have this, but a lot of people really like it. It has that same kind of like cult following, right? But like you're running a submarine with a bunch of people, you're expect into classes, and then uh, there's just a whole bunch of stuff that's like, so somebody has to maintain the nuclear reactor and keep like refilling canisters, oh, right? And like somebody's mounting the guns and you're being attacked by aliens and, thing, and things board your ship. And like, you need to, you need to leave the ship to go like get minerals and stuff, right? So it's, it's kind of like a lovers in a dangerous space time was the first one of these games that I've yeah, yeah. That like this. Where it's yeah, just only like intentionally brutal, but yeah. Yeah. But I think you know, the hilarious part with with something like a a bipedal robot yeah, right. yeah. is like, it's just squarely in co-op territory at that point. Yeah. yeah, because of course if you're in a spaceship that's floating in space or like a, a a boat, right? And it's like, well, you know, if somebody turns the rudder slightly wrong, it's not like the boat just like flips completely upside down and everybody <laughs> fucking dies. Right? Like so many things have to go so wrong for your boat to sink. Yep. Yeah, right. But like if you're if you're if it's like two people controlling legs. That on its own, yeah. you're going to be on your ass immediately. Yeah, well, yeah, right. It's not going from like no function to like incrementally improved function. If like the like the better people do, the better the whole thing is, right? Mm-hmm. With a co-op like experience, it's just all or nothing. And Everybody has to do everything perfectly, or else the whole thing just flies. Yeah, and it's not just <laughs> like you go from yeah, and you don't even go from like neutral to better. 
you start at neutral, and the moment anybody touches anything, it goes either into yeah, you, pure you start bad, a pose, yep. yeah, <laughs> you start or, pose, yeah, or it goes into an unstable good, or that that can still collapse at any moment in a mm-hmm. kind of an unrecoverable way. That would be pretty, yeah, that would be very satisfying. To watch. I feel like it's you know it's just one of those things we all take for granted. Yeah, it, yeah, people have these robots, and then when they merge them together, of course, it's more powerful. Of course, I don't understand. But if you really think about it, it is the dumbest concept you could possibly use oh, for yeah. any kind of a combat situation. Going from independent, capable targets that are easy to control to one, put all your eggs in one basket, mm-hmm. and then require perfect coordination to do it, and it loses so many capabilities because it like can't fly anymore, mm-hmm. and all this. And now it's basically just punching things, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yep. So you know that's the game. If <laughs> If somebody makes that game, I will definitely pick it up mm-hmm. because it's just we'll see it. Now the question is, what kind of, I would probably be a left leg main. What about you guys? Ooh. Would you- <laughs> I feel like there's probably a rivalry between leg mains and arm mains oh, because totally. like, because the arms would be like, Hey, fucking legs, like keep us upright. It's so we classic, can do some punching. It's the classic you know? support DPS sort of problem, right? Yeah, got, it is. The yeah. legs are going to be the, the unsung heroes, you know? But of course the arms, as they swing around wildly, will throw off the, the center of gravity yep. and then the legs will have to just constantly be trying to compensate and catch what you know, the other bodies I, I imagine so you said five players. So I got four. Well, I switched legs. it to four. Okay. Yeah. Cause like there's always five in these movies, but I never could figure out like what, what do the you do to the or the head? I think they just chill and smoke weed. They're just like, know, hey yeah. guys. Hey, uh, good job. Keep those legs arms. Going. I mean, well, I think <laughs> if you made it so that the player didn't actually completely destruct if they were like if that thing fell over, then you'd also have interesting alternative locomotion strategies evolved like crawling yeah. crawling would be doing big doing the worm for the noobs yep. yeah and there'd be a lot um, of grappling combat right because like yeah. both both entities are gonna have trouble staying upright yep so you're gonna you know? be, yeah, but if they lean on combat. each other yeah it's like a voltron judo sort of a situation yeah, yeah. or it's like when it's, boxers get so tired they can't stand up and they just lean against each other and punch each other in the ribs yep. you know yep yeah. It'd be like that, but all just all, just all the time. time. Yeah. Now, okay. So I know I said I would. Nobody would ever. I feel like I would want to actually play this game at yep. least for like five minutes. Yeah. So someone could somebody just make, make a this. jam. I'm not making it. It doesn't need to be good, you know. Because it's just so, like yeah. The thing is, like it's like it's gotta exist on itch, right? Because like there's so many people making shit these mm-hmm. days. Yeah, there's no way that's new. Where is it? Like somebody has to have made it, you know? I, I think somebody that, has It's to the problem it. with all these things is that it, it's, it still depends so much on execution that it that the question of like, if you could just like hire somebody to make a game for you, like what game would you make? Doesn't really, it just doesn't really work because you, like you still need the execution to be the thing that yeah, you actually want. I think you have want, to you know? say, and it would be good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like good enough yeah, that you could test it. I mean, that's idea. implied. It's really, yeah. well, I think it's really just like to come into a, if you, if there's a game that you could just have exist that currently doesn't. Right. Without you having to do it. I think it's really probably what the question boils down to, right? Now, like, you can also make this game. an asymmetrical multiplayer game where one person plays as the monster trying to destroy the entire city. And then basically groups of four players will come in and Voltron together and try to defeat that mm. person. And if they can't, then a new round of four players will come in. Yeah. I mean, way more fun than that would be fucking like – take like Fortnite, 100 people, whatever, 99 people, right? But one of them is Godzilla, right? And then everybody else is like – you're like flying fighter jets and tanks and you're trying to like prevent Ooh. them from getting to some target or something, right? Or like destroying the center of the city or whatever the fuck yeah. it is. Right? Unless that one person goes AFK and then I guess the whole thing is – the whole thing is bunched. Yeah, it's just a, <laughs> <in> a barbecue. <laughs> Free, you just, free, you just like <laughs> a new player becomes Godzilla or whatever, you know, like there's, you find, find some, find some tricks, but there's, yeah. there are games like this, right? But that, that degree of asymmetricality and that, that degree of like scale isn't really out there yet, as far as I know, or at least not, not yeah, delivered. Asymmetrical. Like, yeah. Fortnite's yeah. played with it a bit where they like, I think you could get, like you could get the Thanos gauntlet. Yeah. Yeah. Point, yeah they've, like they've, yeah. they've done some of that where it's like suddenly someone is just super powerful for a while and they kind of get a target on their back, which is fun. Yeah. So there's, there's yeah, no I just yeah, I think just take it to the extreme, you know. Like like, can you imagine? Because because there's this like dream. Remember, like we certainly had like when we were younger. And, of like, course, yeah. I've heard every everybody who like wants to make games for a living has the same the same goal, right? Which is like their RTS dream game. FPS exactly is the yep. one that's like <laughs> every scale of gameplay just like all exists at the same time. You can like participate at whatever level you want or whatever. Uh, and this is kind of, but I think like realistically, like you can never have that game because just logistically it doesn't make any sense, but there are aspects of that, that you really could capture. I think with today's level of tech, 
I think. I, well, I think you can because like Eve Online is that game. Yeah, there's a really good um, war game that is on Steam that I know has blown up, and that basically it's like you have to do supply chain management and like clear roads and stuff, but like as individual actors on the ground, and it is like a war effort thing. And it's yeah. Oh, I think I see. yeah. What is that? I think I saw. is it called Foxhole or something? Fox? Oh, maybe. Yeah, well, well, we have to dig these, into this genre a bit and see if we can find some stuff to try. Yeah, because like these kinds of these these concepts are generally. Um, incompatible. So for example, like in an RTS, you select units and tell them exactly what to do yeah. and what to attack yeah. and where to go. Yeah. But if those are uh, real well, people, like what if they don't want if those are, yeah, if those are real people, then the best you can do is suggest them where to go. Like you have a different perspective on the, on the field, right? Which is, and there are plenty of games like that, you know, which like I was saying, EVE Online, there, there's people who, who quote play EVE Online who haven't been subscribed to the game in a decade because they actually just manage a yeah. corporation yeah. in the game. And they uh, they just like do data crunching, or they like they they're a programmer and they like work through with the Eve API to make stuff for their mm-hmm. their corp, you know. Um, and then there's like f- people who play as a fleet commander, like they're there in a ship, but their role is actually like directing everybody else and telling them what to do, who to target, whether to warp out, right. you know. But all blah, of those blah, things blah. you have to you allow them to arise naturally out of just having the need for organization, but you don't actually turn them into game systems. I think that's, that's exactly. Yeah. That's yeah, that's the difference. Yeah. 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 So I mean, I think, yeah, yeah, I would play the shit out of it. If I could like hop into like a, there's just like a fucking tank laying on the ground. I could just like jump into it and then drive up to Godzilla and like try to kill mm-hmm. Godzilla, you know? And then mm-hmm. Godzilla just fucking steps on me and I just respawn somewhere else. <laughs> yep. Kind of like load up on my, like find bazookas or whatever, you know, or like fucking. Now you got cord. Climb Godzilla. Yeah. You know, like if you take it, what's that? What's that game where you, that kind of sad game where you murder those like giant, beautiful uh, shadow colossus? Oh, shadow the oh colossus. you want to you want to do like a like a swarm of ticks on Godzilla? Yeah, imagine. Yeah, and then like, and now if like because like in, in like the more recent kind of Godzilla <laughs> stuff, there's all this stuff with like the parasites that live on Godzilla, yeah, right? That are themselves yeah. like, and now you're like, imagine like you're now like climbing Godzilla, fighting these creatures, like trying to get. Yeah, they're fucking dope. <laughs> with uh, with ninety nine other people, actually, even if this wasn't an asymmetrical game, like as in, like you don't need to no, be Shadow of the Colossus. Shadow of the Colossus would be fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, but where instead of the murdering beautiful cool. creatures, you're murdering Godzilla who's trying to kill yeah. everybody. You know. Yeah, hundred yeah. yeah. percent. Shadow of the Colossus, I, mean, I, I found to be up. like it was. So, I found that to be one of the most depressing games I've ever. I never played it. I just watched other people play it, but like, yeah, that was a depressing. Fun. Even the music was like it like made you sad the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those poor giants, they're just walking around. They really were chilling. just minding their own business, weren't they? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, know, I can't I, remember why you had to the kill story? them. I think there was a, uh, as as you would expect, there was a woman you had to rescue from, a, from mm-hmm. a situation. I think she was asleep or something, and then you had to, like, murder Colossuses wow. to, like... There's some sh- there's some shadows in them or something? Mm, I don't right. remember what the fuck they the story is. I don't know. It was good. But those col- those colossus were so cool because they were basically statues, but then a lot of them had like plants because they were so old, right? Yeah. They had like plants growing on them, but like giant like vine beards and stuff that you could like latch onto. Yeah, uh, that was a, yeah, it, was, it was a very cool and interesting uh, like way like co- combat style. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, thematically it was kind of sad. Yeah, <laughs> I wish the col- I wish there was uh, the colossuses were more of like dicks. Yeah, they needed know? to be yeah. more evil. You know, they need to be villains instead yeah. of just chilling. Uh, so, anyways, all right, well, I think that's all the time we have for this week. Uh, well, so once again, definitely head over to Steam Wishlist, Crashlands Two, check out the trailer, check out all the stuff, and uh, yeah, you know, share we'll have- it widely. Tell everybody you know that Crashlands mm-hmm. Two is coming. Share the trailer. Yeah, that's the yes. The, the most helpful stuff you can do for us is, is that. Do all that. Yep. Uh, so we'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Sampa DaCosta, for putting the podcast together. And thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running and keep our leaks from getting too leaky. Yeah, real good. <laughs> to get more involved in the Butterscotch community, go to podcast.bscotch.net, where we have links to the Discord, a way for you to donate, and links to the archives. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.